Hey, I'm Charmaine. Hey, I'm Evie. And together, we're going through it. Good morning. Ooh, hello. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Going Through It. Today, we are trying something a little new, something a little different. We're re recording ourselves for the first time so that we can upload to YouTube. Yeah. And yeah, for all the visual people that want to watch how all the magic is done. Yeah, video recording. Woohoo! We're moving up. We're moving up with the technology. That's right. Um, so Evie is based in Melbourne and I'm based in the Gold Coast for everyone who is wondering and yeah this is so exciting we are embarking on an amazing topic this morning but before we get into that Evie how's your week been? It's been good dude I spent some time out in nature on the weekend um, my uncle has some property out on the Otways which is in Victoria near the Great Ocean Road uh, and I just spent some time with him really getting back to nature and like he doesn't have a house out there so it's really roughing it out there it's just like um like a little camp fire oven thing like billy on the fire for hot water um so it's really cool i really enjoyed it we just like had fat chats had the fire going like Man, yeah. I really needed it because, like, when you're in the city for ages, you just got to, like, bounce out to nature. So I feel I refreshed. Agree. Yay, amazing. And I feel like there's – you can find such happiness through simplicity as well. Oh, man, so much. <laughs> like, having to actually go and get firewood to be able to heat your water for dinner is just something so primal and something so satisfying about that. I loved it. It was just like so raw and so earthy and it was so nice. Yeah, I agree. That's beautiful. How was your week? My week has been very spiritually aligned, sis. I have been um, really tapping into the energies that are around me and letting it flow like one of the words that resonates with my week is surrender, like surrendering to what is and trying mm. not to control the situation, trying not to act a certain way, just go with the flow and be natural and yin with it, you know? So I feel like the last few weeks mm. have been the stepping stones in teaching me how to surrender and, um, it's beautiful. I feel like I am tapped in and I can't wait to see what goodies mm. I end up channeling later on. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch you like really delve into that like spiritual side Yay. of yourself. Like I love it, man. This this bitch, <laughs> this bitch gives me realizations all the time, and like we're just sharing energy. I love it. I love it. I love your week that you've had. Yes, I love your week that you had. Oh, we're vibrating so high. Hey, 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 hey. 
This hey, yeah, this week's good. Awesome. <laughs> well, this week's topic is all about childhood trauma. And I think if you've been listening intently in our last couple of potties, um, we've touched on it quite a bit. It's like um, it's childhood trauma and we talk a lot about inner child work and for you to get a better understanding and to grasp that idea and concept, um, it is related to childhood trauma and like how um, what we experience when we're a child can kind of set us up for the rest of our life. But that's something mm-hmm. Evie's going to go into today. She's going to dive in deep and give us some really, really, really amazing insights. So Evie, let's kick it off. Thanks, girl. So yeah, like Charmaine said, we do refer to inner child work a lot. So the reason why this topic kind of popped up for me is to really bring us back to the basics of what actually happens when we are a child when we experience trauma of some sort, uh, and there is different uh, sorts, which I'll go into later, Um, but what actually happens to the brain on a cellular level and how do we carry that into adolescence? So I'm sure you've heard me talk about, I think it was in episode two, we dived into fear and those neural pathways in the brain, those synapses that we create through, you know, fear responses and things like that. But basically the brain or brain development or learning is actually the process of creating, strengthening, discarding connections among those neurons. Uh, And those neurons, those pathways are called synapses. So synapses organize the brain by forming pathways that connect the parts of the brain governing everything we do. So when you're a kid, when you're a baby, when you're a child, those synapses, those pathways are being created like so quickly, so fast, like especially when you're a baby, all of that is being created so quickly. Um, And unfortunately, when we do experience some sort of childhood trauma when we're young, then we also get those uh, negative pathways or or those roads that are less desirable or, you know, so um, that's the really basic kind of just how we learn when we're little. It's just that, um, that synapse building, that neuron building that we have talked about previously. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's like the very, very basic um, sort of creation of um, development in the brain. Wow, that is amazing stuff. I love how you broke that down hard. Um, that's like, because it is true. It's like when you're it's crazy to, yeah. firing. It's crazy to think how, like, I don't have the statistics on me right now. I didn't jot them down. But if you go into, you know, how many synapses are created during childhood development, it's fucking insane, like how quickly they're, they're developing how quickly they're strengthening it or discarding like it's so quick like the the brain is an absolutely fascinating organ and it's what it does is like it's hard to fathom (laughs) yes I agree but here we are trying to fathom it and that's my favorite part (laughs) here we are trying to break it down (laughs) yes 
So what happens in our brain when we experience trauma though? So those that brain development when you're a kid, all of those synapses, um, you know, being created and um, connections being formed. When we experience trauma, we go into fight or flight. So mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, when a threat is seen, it comes through the amygdala. Um, the amygdala processes decision making. We have talked about that, I think, previously in our fear response podcast. Um, and it also comes through the hippocampus, which processes memory. So when a threat comes in, uh, it's processed through these sections in the brain, which then uh, creates this sympathetic nervous response, which releases adrenaline and all these hormones into your body, which then makes you feel this physiological response of like sweating or um, di- uh, dilated pupils and like um, flushed skin, you know, that really um, fight or flight reaction in the body. So trauma, when we experience trauma in a certain way or stress in a certain way, it can trigger that fight or flight response, which um, really plays a part in um in those neural pathways can form those neural pathways, especially if it's prolo- prolonged um, fight or flight response. So to go into that, if I've lost anyone, it's all right. <laughs> it's quite, it's quite confusing like to kind of grasp it all, but there are three types of stress that you, you couldn't experience as a child. So, The best sort of stress is positive stress. Sounds so lovely. Positive stress. Oh, wow. Love that type. Yeah. So positive stress is just like brief, normal part of life stress. You know, like when you're a kid entering a new childcare setting or going to a new school or like any sort of positive stress that is quite brief, but it's a healthy well, it's essential for um, healthy development. So any sort of positive stress that you can think of, like, you know, learning to um, play the, like playing dolls or, you know, your cousin stealing something and you've got to get it back. Like <laughs> those little things where you're learning to share or like little bits mm. of stress when you're young. Um, the next one is tolerable stress. So, this includes events that have the potential to alter the brain, the developing brain negatively, but they occur infrequently and give the the brain time to recover. So this is, for example, a death of a loved one. So that doesn't happen all the time. Um, It's quite infrequent, but when it does happen, it's quite traumatic. It's quite Mm. stressful. Um, But this is the sort of stress that's tolerable, you know, Um, especially if we have good coping mechanisms and we have support surrounding that kind of event, you know, the death of a loved one or um, the death of a family dog or something like that when Mm. you're little. It doesn't happen a lot, but, you know, we can kind of tolerate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, which is kind of what we'll go into today is toxic stress. So this includes strong, frequent and prolonged activation of the body's stress response. So this is where we go into, you know, the very big extreme of, you know, chronic neglect, abuse, uh, childhood abuse, things like that, which are really fucking insane and 
sad, but also it means um, other things as well, like um, uh, chronic belittlement, like, oh, you know, your opinion is not validated, your opinion doesn't matter, um, or, you know, uh, poor communication and uh, heightened emotional response because you can't get out what you want to say. And, you know, these things as well cause toxic stress in the body and really do alter the brain. Um, Mm. And that's kind of what we'll go into today of like how that can shape your behavior moving into adolescence. Holy wow. Mm -hmm. Who Mm -hmm. knew that this would be so relevant? I mean, like for both of us, I think we've come to that realization uh, a year ago when we first started recording our little voice notes to each other. But for some people who are only realizing this now, we can fathom how much it's like, whoa, holy shit, childhood memories are important to work through or like trying um, not like I've noticed for me like there have been some moments where I've suppressed a lot of memory and I can't remember a lot of my childhood and it's because of some of these toxic stress moments and Mm. I've had to dig that up through um, self-healing and um, self-work and mm-hmm. you know it's it's an integral part to that um, learning mm-hmm. so yeah and yeah it's it so is. cool <laughs> it is and that leads me into my next question to ask you um, could you give us an example of one of the sorts of stresses that you experienced as a child growing up so whether it's positive stress, uh, tolerable or toxic. Can you give mm. us an example? Yeah, definitely. Positive stress, it was like riding a bike. It's like you get this new thing and you're stressed out that you can't make the wheels move and you can't balance on it. But the more <laughs> you keep getting on the bike, the better you are going to be able to learn through it. And then one day you're there riding, riding, riding. I actually didn't learn how to ride a bike till I was eight. Started very late. Some people started Good memory. I can't even remember when I learned. (laughs) (laughs) It was a struggle for me. I was very jealous because my sister learned earlier than me and she would always Mm -hmm. play with like my cousin or a family friend. And I would just have to stand there and watch because I didn't, pick up that skill I didn't go through that positive stress early so I was like Mm. oh but it was like such an amazing feeling to then learn how to ride a bike someone had patience to teach me and then I had patience with myself through the stress and I started riding Mm. a bike and I was like see you later fuckers like (laughs) (laughs) bitch I'm (laughs) off run the homies (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's a great example of positive stress it's like this thing that is difficult for us when we're kids but it is a healthy component of healthy brain development so it's something that helps sort of shape you as a kid like oh I stressed out trying to ride this bike but I I got over it I did it and I had support around me which now um has aided you in your adolescent development mm-hmm, definitely I don't have one for tolerable stress um but toxic stress hunty 
come through. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a big one. Uh, tolerable stress, uh, sorry, toxic stress for me would be uh, an emotional neglect from my parents. And it was like a, a hard one to identify because I had to understand what emotional neglect was as people and th- what we've seen through the media and stuff. It's easy to it and physically it's easy to identify physical abuse Um, But when it's mental abuse, it's pretty much unheard of. Um, But it is a thing that's happened since the beginning of time. And uh, emotional abuse can come in so many different forms. But for me, it was like my parents were checked out into what was going on in my life and more checked in, like hyper checked into their lives that they couldn't see past their own stuff to see how I was as a person mm. or a little child growing up. It, it's like they knew how to give me the basics for survival um, and lessons for survival, but I was a very sensitive kid, still quite a sensitive person now, and um, I need emotional support and communication at the highest degree in order for me to fathom and understand like why something's wrong or why something's bad and and it's not just my fault every time something happens you know not self-blaming um so I've had to do again a lot of self-healing and understanding what Mm. I went through as a child Mm. in order for me to be this I guess beacon of understanding and light for other people and myself um Mm. that's yeah a lot of deep self-work yeah so kind of linking back to toxic stress like that emotional neglect that you felt from your parents in terms of not being able to express your emotions and have your emotions or your behavior heard and felt that did that create like kind of a fear response or kind of like a, a, a feeling in your brain that it's like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm not good enough. And like my opinions aren't being validated. So they must be pretty silly or they must be pretty shit. Yes. <laughs> if no one can give me the fucking time of day to hear them out. Yes. It was like they mm-hmm. um, sent me on the road to uh, low self-esteem and self-destruction and, um, it, yeah, and, you know, very little support in the sense of, um, like, when I would, like, it's like I I actually became such an overachiever in school Cause I was like, if I do good grades, mum and dad are gonna see me, and they're gonna be like, you did so good, and you know, da 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 da. But it never happened. It was like, here's a report card. I'm excited to show you, and then they'd read through it and be like, oh yeah, that's great. Thank you. Next, like thinking about their own life, mm. or I don't know. Like I can't really speak for them in 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 the sense of like what actually went through their minds, but as a like bystander you can see how their thinking and their processes kept them trapped and put blinders on to everything Mm. else and everyone else in their life 
because they were purely just thinking of themselves. Mm. But that's their that was their own way of survival. And um, they didn't have anyone to tell them, hey, you need to work on your stuff. Hey, you have two beautiful children that you need to, like, connect with because, like, they have so much patience for you. They're, like, uh, uh, yearning. I was going to say earning. <laughs> They're yearning for your love. <laughs> so... Yeah, that was like a real big, a big moment there. Mm. Mm, thanks mm. for being vulnerable. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I think, I think we all, um, I think we all experience toxic, tolerable or positive stress uh, mm. as children growing up. Um, and people experience it uh, in different ways. And I encourage you, like you guys listening at the moment, to kind of maybe even write it down, positive, tolerable or toxic, and jot down some moments in childhood that you can relate to each of those moments because I think we all have experienced it some way, some way, form or whatever. Um, Mm. Yeah, and it's really you can really kind of link it to ways you behave in um, as an adult. And there are a couple of, uh, of behaviors um, I would say, or emotional functioning behaviors that are, what's the word prevalent. If you experienced um, consistent toxic stress as a child uh, or, you know, emotional trauma and things like that. Um, So number one is, persistent fear Mm. response so exactly what we talked about in episode two like that chronic activation of that fear response pathway in your brain which always brings you to fight or flight you know especially in confrontation like that's one thing that I suffered with I could not have any form of confrontation because when I was a child my mother was quite angry and aggressive when there was a confrontation and I would get Mm. scared. And so instead of having a uh, constructive discussion about disagreements, it's, it became a fearful thing to have disagreements. And so that as I was growing up, whenever there was a disagreement or, you know, a confrontation or a conflict between me, my partners, my family, my friends, I would have that persistent fear response. That was a thing that always showed up for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry you had to go through that, but you know, I, yeah, this is why going back to our duality podcast, it's so important to transmute the negative into something positive. And that's what self-healing is, identifying what we struggle with from a younger age, from that synapse solidifying mm. and breaking, really just breaking it down so we can make sense of it, be conscious to it, and then transmute it and change it and keep implementing it. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding it. And I think that's the reason why we're doing this or this topic for episode six, because everything has a root. 
um, whether it's spiritual or um, physiological or um, psychological, everything has a root of where it comes from. And I think you may see the emotion of it, but not understand where it comes from. And I think by understanding where it comes from and being able to like, um, you know, dot those, like cross those lines out for yourself really helps you to kind of start working through it. Um, Mm. I know that's for me, it may not be the same for you, but um, yeah, I think it's important to kind of get back to that. 110%. I agree. (laughs) Amazing. Um, So, all right. So there's, we're talking about different behaviors you may exhibit if you've had a lot of toxic stress as a child or a lot of um, emotional trauma or however, whatever trauma means to you, if you've had um, frequent prolonged activation of that. The next one is hyper arousal. So this is where the brain is sensitized for the fear response and creates memories that automatically trigger that response without conscious thought. So hyper arousal, this could come into like anxiety, like, um, without even, yeah, yeah. You feel me? (laughs) I was thinking that I was like, this is what happens every time I get into an anxious sweat in front of someone because I'm experiencing something that is deeply ingrained in that synapse and it's coming out and you and you don't even know exactly, it but exactly <laughs> exactly dude and the key words for this is without conscious thought we don't Ooh. we don't really know but we do have a response to that and it's that kind of hyper arousal and oh going back into that like fear synapse and like i don't know what's happening to me but it's something deep <laughs> That's massive. Um, the next yeah. one, the next one is increased internalizing symptoms. So this is where you can start to initiate the development of anxiety and depression. Um, so increased internalizing symptoms is like, why does this happen to me? Why am I always uh, anxious? Why am I always, why can't I communicate? Why can't I have positive conflict? That was me. (laughs) That's going back to my (laughs) relating. So that kind of like, you know, hyper arousal and, um, uh, persistent fear response, you start to then internalize, like you having those situations and those feelings. And that's where you start to get that anxiety and depression. Wow. Can I just say, internalization sparks up a word for me um that's what I used to reference to when I was in my deep depression um during that phase I would just internalize everything every thought every Mm. feeling and I just numbed myself out to get through it yeah yeah Mm. you do and you don't share you don't connect you don't you're scared because you're scared Mm. really because you've experienced that trauma as a kid, whatever it may be, it's now manifesting as this fear response that we've talked about in episode two, but this fear response that now, Oh shit, I can't talk about this with anyone. I'm so weird. I'm so whatever it is, but actually talking about it and getting that out and like coming to the realization that, we're all one. We're all experiencing this fucked up shit. We've all experienced <laughs> yeah. fucking childhood trauma. Get it out. Like, 
it's 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 okay to get it out it's okay to chat about it a hundred percent yes amazing amazing and there's one more i just want to go into um is diminished executive functioning so what this means is working memory so you may have a diminished working memory being able to keep and use information over a short period of time um you may have diminished functioning of filtering thoughts and impulses um and you may have diminished cognitive or mental flexibility so being able to adjust to demands, priorities. So this kind of ties into anxiety and depression. I know for me, when I've been depressed, really depressed, I have fucking trouble thinking and um, recalling information. And if someone's like, oh, Evie, you've got a deadline of Friday. I'm just like, bro, I'm sleeping till Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I fucking doing anything. Like, yeah. You know, like that's massive. I think there's that like, so we kind of have to understand like if you've experienced that trauma, like you may have like these diminished functions in your brain um, that you've got to work through and it's totally okay that you may feel like you want to sleep until Friday if you're going through all this shit. Like it's that's a normal process of the brain. You're not weird. You're not a fucking black sheep. Like we all experience that that is your that's what happens to the brain um through trauma through stress Mm, wow this is really bringing up a lot of um deeper understanding of the processes I went through um towards self-healing and um what I've had to expose myself to like the truths like the real truths Mm -hmm. and being bluntly honest with myself and like I urge anyone that's listening that is on their path to self-healing is just be as honest and truthful to yourself as you can. It may hurt or it may suck to have this honest realization, but you don't have to tell anyone. You just have to know that for yourself Mm -hmm. and use it as a tool to be able to get you through to the other side of enlightenment. uh, Sorry, other side of enlightenment Mm -hmm. where you feel so much better. It's like you're coming full circle. Yeah. Full circle moment. Yeah. And I think yeah. we'll break there. It's a the perfect time. Go grab a drink, process this for a little bit, and um, we'll be back. Okay, we are back. Oh, man, we just had such a funny little break. Charmaine and I, we were just like, just talking mm. about, you know, the growth that we've done. Um, in the last couple of months and just gassing each other up, sharing love. Like I'm, I'm so proud of Charmaine for what she's done and I'm proud of myself. And we both shared that it's, 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 it's important to like, I feel like gas your friend up and let your friend know, like you fucking doing this shit, bro. Like, yeah, it's important. Exactly. It's so good to identify, um, what we're going through and share that with our friends. Like if you can't share your goals and your intentions and that journey with your friends, because you may think that they may be jealous or whatever, you better like maybe kick that homie to the curb or maybe like rethink that relationship because it is so rewarding to be able to share my successes and the way that I feel and be truly who I am as Charmaine with Evie 
and for her to know that like she's just as lit and can bring her litness to the table too and it's like ah I love it yeah I love it too it's creating that family like I think with our friends and the people around us creating that community that we always wanted as children you know as children we don't get to decide our family and you know our experience and our community but as we grow up as we become adults we do get to decide we do have choices we do get to put up boundaries um Mm. and yeah that's important I just wanted to go a quick recap on what we just talked about it was a lot of information um and if you stayed through it till this (laughs) point you guys are fucking legends um but basically there's three types of stress that we can experience as children. We've got positive, which is essential for healthy development. We've got tolerable, um, which is infrequent, but because it is infrequent, it gives the brain time to recover. And then there's toxic. So that's your strong, frequent, prolonged activation of your stress response, whether that is really severe, like, you know, uh, physical abuse or um, neglect, or whether it is not as severe as that, but still, Uh, has an impact like emotional neglect and um, uh, belittling and no uh, no validation or exploration of thoughts and feelings so that's our three um, three types of stress and um, just to recap I won't go into them I'll just um, talk about the titles so if you guys do want to go into any of these with your own research um the different effects of like behavioral effects you could experience from that prolonged toxic stress is persistent fear response, hyper arousal, increased internalizing symptoms, diminished executive functioning. And there was three I didn't mention because we didn't really have time, but I will mention them just quickly now is delayed developmental milestones, um, weakened response to positive feedback and complicated Mm. social interactions. So those three kind of speak for themselves. Um, I didn't really want to go into those too deeply because complicated social interactions, you know, that's that Mm. um, difficulty with confrontation, which I was referring to earlier, you know, these, um, those sorts of situations that happen. But yeah, um, I mean, there's lots to it. And I think it's important, like we said before, to, go through yours what did you experience as a kid like that you believe is toxic and has you've brought into your adult life that you need to work through um I think understanding the root of it and where it came from and how you express that in your behavior whether it's through complicated social interactions or hyper arousal like whatever it is how can you identify with that trauma you experienced and how can you start to work through it? Mm, Exactly. And I think it makes you realize that when someone like say from a third person's perspective, you're looking at someone else's life and it's quite turbulent and fucked or they act out in a certain way to you that can be quite negative. um, It's a good reflection time to be like, maybe they've been through some um, of these things that we've been talking about today and they're still dealing with a lot of childhood trauma. So this is where we can implement compassion 
for them through this time. And, you know, you don't have to be the person to say, hey, you're going through some childhood trauma shit. Like you don't have to be that person, but just, you know, quietly identify with their pain um, and just like give them some slack maybe, Um, you know, create understanding with them and have a little bit of patience um, for yourself as well if you're going through this. Have patience for yourself, have patience for others um, and let's not label people crazy or like you know stupid or dumb or like you know they're just angry people all the time like it's I think we're getting to this point of uh, the world and understanding that you can't just say someone's an angry person and leave it at that they're an angry person for a reason we all started in the womb fresh minds that needed to be molded And so Mm. sometimes people get the benefit of a great molding from their parents. And then sometimes people have to mold themselves. So let's have some Mm. compassion for ourselves if we had to do the molding and compassion for for others if they have to do the molding themselves as well. Well said. Fucking well said. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love that. I, I think it's really important to bloody understand and have compassion for people going through it we all go through it in different ways maybe you need to put a boundary up because someone who's going through it that's close to you or or, you know in your family that you can't hold space for and you need to put a boundary up that's completely fine I think if if that's how if that's what you feel you know um We'll go into boundary work. That's a whole nother fucking topic. But um, yeah, I love yeah. what you said. That's so important, especially now with all this shit going on in the world, like having compassion and having understanding for for people is really important. Mm, 110%. Uh, we did touch on intergenerational trauma last time. We did our podcast in the last episode. Um, so Evie, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so we did touch on it when we were talking about um, uh, Black Lives Matter and the racism, systemic racism and um, other, you know, society-driven fucking capitalists. Fucking don't let me get into it again because I will go, (laughs) We did talk about that last episode. (laughs) We did briefly touch on it. Um, So the reason that I did want to go into a bit of this just at the end of this this episode uh, was because this ties into childhood trauma and this sort of adds on. So in Australia, intergenerational trauma predominantly affects the children, grandchildren and future generations of stolen generations. So this trauma, what intergenerational trauma is, is trauma passed down from the first generation of survivors who directly experienced or witnessed traumatic events to future generations. So it's that trauma passed down. So how it can be passed down is through parenting practices, number one, behavioral problems, violence, harmful substance use, and mental health issues. Um, So 
Indigenous people in Australia have experienced trauma as a result of colonisation, including the associated violence and loss of culture and land, as well as subsequent policies such as forced removal of children. So put yourselves in their shoes for a second and kind of feel feel and witness the trauma that stolen generations would have experienced in the early colonization of Australia and are still experiencing through, you know, freaking all the shit that goes on in our society, in our, in our system, um, that's completely against, uh, Aboriginal people in Australia, you know, loss of land is still happening. So this trauma is still being experienced. So everything that we've talked about today, so, you know, toxic stress, prolonged stress, that happened to nearly all Aboriginal people in Australia. So me, my my privilege comes from not experiencing that intergenerational trauma of loss of land and colonization and, you know, my grandparents my grandparents being taken away and having their children um, taken away. I never experienced that. My trauma that I experienced was more, uh, you know, from direct parental behaviors and things like that. So I think it's really important to understand that Aboriginal people here in Australia have all of that intergenerational trauma passed down from their ancestors, as well as all of the childhood trauma that they're now experiencing as a result of that colonization. Uh, as a result of um, more prone to alcohol, alcoholism, harmful substance abuse, you know, mental health issues from that trauma, from that prolonged toxic stress response in the brain, from those synapses, um, those neural pathways being formed. And this is where compassion really comes into it and understanding really comes into it of understanding where their trauma starts and if you have ignorance to that it's important to really get to the crux of it I'm kind of waffling on now I'll let Charmaine speak but Mm. it's really important to understand their trauma and where that comes from yeah and be aware of it um it is so deep that it, it can be passed because it's trauma that they didn't even know how to deal with. They probably still don't know how to deal with it because traditionally in their culture, I believe that they rely solely on listening to their uh, tribe, their ancestors. And so stories. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, um, they were so harmonious together um, with like before colonization that they would not have experienced intergenerational trauma at the extent that they do now. And that is mm. something that we need to identify and, and be aware of to understand their struggles and, to to help them Mm. I feel like Mm. a lot of people just think that they are on this path to self-destruction 
because they're they want to be yeah yeah that's not the case at all yeah and exactly what you were saying in our last podcast you were saying growing up um being you know one of four or five uh darker skinned people in your primary school having people think that you're feral or that you're something like this because uh we do you know aboriginal uh, people do have a higher rate of incarceration mm. and, and things like that in society, but people are ignorant as to why. Mm. People are ignorant as to this cycle of trauma that's being experienced, intergenerational trauma that's being experienced in in this culture. And I'm pretty sure we all have people who are ignorant in our life about that. Mm -hmm. But the reason we're sharing it, this is that you can take this little gem and this little understanding and your understanding now of where trauma comes from, how, you know, what behaviors we may exhibit from trauma, you know, like complicated social interactions, um, delayed developmental milestones, like diminished executive functioning. Like this is what Aboriginal people are experiencing, but on an intergenerational level, like something that is just keeps cycling like, um, through and through Mm. and, and yeah, it's, Mm. yeah, it's important to share that. I agree. And I really want to make it known to people that if we keep being ignorant, we are reinforcing the idea that they're going to be, you know, incarcerated forever. They're going to be alcoholics forever. Like that's all that the that race is going to be. Through ignorance, we enforce that on them. Because if mm. if you have someone telling you that you're, like, say, for example, uh, you know, black, good for nothing, dumb, um, alcoholic your whole life, you start to believe that you start to fucking believe that. Mm. And that gets ingrained in you. And, and you don't know how to lift yourself up from that. So you just give in to what society thinks of you. And so you just keep perpetuating that. But when in truth, it's like, they are such beautiful beings. We are all as humans, such beautiful beings. Um, And the more that we can have compassion and understanding for each other and see each other in such a loving light, we reinforce the idea of unity and we reinforce the idea that you are supported by the community, that your, your, your path to healing is going to be a successful one. Yeah, it's going to be supported. That's yeah, that's so true, so fucking true. And I, I love that, man. I think if you can take one task or or one thing out of today's episode is to look at your own trauma that you've experienced, and as a result, have compassion for another person's trauma, or or just hold space for that. It may not even be holding spaces in like, let's have a chat. It could literally be saying hello to someone on the street. That is holding space. That is having compassion, showing compassion. That is showing someone, I see you. 
hey, how are you going? That mm-hmm. is, that's a small thing to do. And man, I'd encourage you to do that. And I want, like, I'm going to go and do that. I'm after, this has really inspired me doing the research around this. Like whenever we show some of this, well, whenever we talk on here, we're learning as well, me and Charmaine. This is a journal for our thoughts. This is a journal mm. for our growth. This is a space. We're holding space for our growth and what we need to do better and what we need to um, share and experience. And that's that's what we want to do for you guys. Hold that space. Exactly. Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shall we stop there? Yeah. All right. We Sending shall. love. Love you all. Love you all. Till next time. Bye. Bye.